Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you all today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. On this week's episode, I was joined by a good friend of mine, Bryant Lyon from America's Best Bowstrings. I've known Bryant for the last four years, and we have a ton in common outside of the hunting world. And it's honestly just such a great chance and a great opportunity to catch up with him and also really pick his brain on what is happening right now at ABB and Helix and how he's really preparing for this upcoming hunting season. Bryant mainly hunts Ohio and has really a great opportunity to hunt some great land that starting now he will really begin to keep tabs on for this upcoming year. In this episode, we dive into various topics covering glassing, handling the moment, overcoming the buck drought, what you should really be doing right now with your bowstrings and getting your broadheads tuned. Really, we get an introduction to Bryant and you'll hear the two of us catch up on about life, fitness, what we're currently doing right now to prepare for this upcoming season. He also shares how really ABB is extremely busy right now and some new items that, that they released that really help us bow hunters. To go along with this chat, Brian shares his key technical attributes that ABB offers with their strings that I believe is really an overlooked characteristic when it comes to great aeroflight. So really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. All the support. Antler up. And before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to just say thanks again, everybody, for all that continued support. Really means a lot. Just want to give you a quick little rundown of what I got going on right now, what I've been doing here these last couple of weeks. Uh, honestly, not a whole heck of a lot. Uh, I've gotten out a couple times to go out scouting. Uh, obviously, you saw if you're following along on Instagram, went out to Ohio with my buddies, uh, Tim and Tom. And really just been doing some things locally here, scouting. Haven't had a chance to go back to northeastern Pennsylvania that often this summer. But things are starting to heat up right now. The last couple of nights, some of the cell cameras are blowing up. The Exodus render, as well as my rivals that I have out in various spots and locations. Uh, the bucks are starting to come up on camera. So that's exciting things. And uh, really cool to see that because I have these in really non-summer getting pictures. I really haven't gotten pictures much at all, all summer. So it's cool to see these, these guys show up in almost a, a full size capacity here, but I've uh, really been shooting my bow, practicing my whole setup as far as what I'll be running this year from tethered, doing the whole repelling thing down. So getting more reps doing that. Uh, but really the things that I've been focusing on here recently is getting things done, getting that honey do list taken care of, because that is we got some family stuff happening here in the future, and we're really excited. So we're we're just trying to get some things taken care of as far as that stuff goes. So with painting the garage, getting uh, things done around the house. So 
uh, that honey-do list is really important this year. And so got that first hunt coming up here in, in September down in Maryland. So it's going to be coming quick uh, for myself and for a lot of guys out there right now. Those of you that are heading out west, I'm sure opening days by the time this drops is going to be flying up here soon. So best of luck to everybody. Thanks for listening to me ramble on here. And really looking forward to what what we have coming up as far as content goes with the podcast, video, and all that jazz. So just want to say thank you again so much from the bottom of my heart for all that support. And if you have anything that you want to, to hear or you want to come on, don't be shy, man. Just hit me up and we'll, we'll get something rolling. Thanks again. Enjoy this really fun conversation I did with Bryant. He's a good friend of mine and really love what those guys are doing over at ABB and Helix. So hope you enjoy it. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. What's going on, everybody? We're back. We're live. Uh, welcome to the, the show this week. And I'm pumped because I have on the other side of the computer screen a good friend of mine who I have had the privilege and uh, honor to call a friend the last four years. Hey, Brian, isn't that crazy that we could actually say it's been four years? It's not just like, oh, hey, yeah, I met you this past, you know, it's actually been four years. And uh, I got Brian Line on the phone from Ohio, uh, America's Best Bowstrings, Helix Broadheads. Brian, it's a pleasure to finally have you back on. I think you were like episode 14. This will be like episode 185 or ish, like in that that range. So, man, it's a privilege to catch up with you on a recording and not just on another phone call. No, it's awesome, man. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm I'm very happy to be here and, and chatting with you and talking to your audience and yeah, man, it's, it's been, it's four years. It's, it's crazy how time flies. I don't think I had as much gray in the beard yeah, and in the hair, the hairline. So, uh, but it's cool. I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy to see your podcast is growing and what you guys are doing, uh, content creation, the podcast. Uh, it's super awesome to watch you grow. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to be here and chit chat oh, with you. I, and it means a lot. It means your support and, and Jerry and, and everybody over there at ABB and Christy just, I mean, it's funny because things could come and go in this world and as for, especially when I say world I'm talking like in the archery side of things like new gadgets and gizmos and everything comes out I sound like my daughter doing her little mermaid play that she has here coming up um, with the gadgets and gizmos but the one thing that has has been consistent uh, really for the four plus years has been the America's Best Bowstrings and uh, we'll we'll dive into talking about ABB and, and Helix later on and stuff like that. But just because with the timing of everything, I think it's really important to like we'll talk a little bit of just basic things when it comes to string care, but also some other 
really important things that I think us as hunters, we need to be aware of when it comes to this time of, of year, we're getting ready for whitetail season and, and elk season and what, what, you know, all, all these are hunting season in general. So we have to make sure our equipment's up to par, but also so that way you're not waiting forever. So we'll, we'll dive down that rabbit hole later on in the, this discussion. But Brian, like I mentioned earlier, you're from Ohio neighboring state from here from me i was actually just there this past week with some two buddies uh we were out scouting uh, some property out there luckily i was kind of like the middleman as like the sandwich guy i guess you could kind of say during our scouting missions as we're going through this green briar because i didn't get cut up as much as my buddies did like they were their <laughs> arms were just like shredded I'm just uh, like, man, why do people hunt in this stuff? Like where I, I'm like, yeah. I think I got to be like Zach Farrenball and hunt from the ground. I got to brush up on my ground, ground hunting tactics. But uh, man, what's, what's new with you what, in, in your world, hunting, non-hunting? Uh, you're a busy dude. I, that's what I always love when we catch up of just in life in general. I love that we're able to support each other in, in whatever we do. So what's new as of right now, man? a lot man this is this is where it gets to be go time like I, like I'm, I'm always busy i'm yeah. always busy but <laughs> this is when it really ramps up for me professionally especially uh obviously in the string side of things we are getting crazy busy uh over at abb uh just you know in my world it's there's a lot of different things i'm a, I'm a husband i'm a dad um so we're in summer vacation right now but with summer you're trying to get all these different things we're starting up we've got uh, I got, you know, one daughter that's in soccer. I got another that's in cheerleading. Uh, I was coaching the soccer team the last couple of years. So I have, I'm always busy. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's life of being a dad, life of being a, you know, a professional here in the, in the archery industry, it's just ramping up. I mean, everybody's getting busy in our, our industry right now. So uh, it's exciting. A lot of exciting stuff going on. It can get really stressful. Not going to yeah. lie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, that's with everything. Everybody's lives are a little bit more stressful, you know, nowadays, but Hey man, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm ready to tackle it. Uh, the gym, I have yeah. made a full effort to just keep my rear end in the gym because honestly, that's where I can take that stress yep. and I can throw plates around and I can get crazy. I can put the headphones on, turn up the music way louder and it all just goes away for a little Dude, bit. Isn't it amazing how working out and obviously like you've always have had that passion too, even since I've met you, you've always been in and out of the gym and everything like that. And same here. And I remember when I was going into, when I was at Penn state doing the kinesiology program to be that the health and phys ed teacher and just learning like little snippets of scientific scientific things about how the, uh, how working out what it does for you you know it, it, it has demonstrated on students they actually test better after like exercising and doing all that stuff so and doing that and i just remember for myself what you just said relieving that stress if i thought i did bad on an, uh, an exam or something along those lines but even now as a 36 year old father and husband like the other day we didn't really have a plan. You know, it's been hot and like muggy and it, you know, by, by the time you get rolling and if there's no plan, we're like, what are we doing? And it's too hot to do anything unless we're in water or what, you know, inside the AC. So the girls were miserable and I was just like, screwed. I'm going in out in the garage. Uh, I, I was waiting for this one little piece of uh, gym equipment to show up at the house and it did. And finally I was like, all right, if we're not doing anything right now, I'm going to work out. Cause I was kind of being aggravated as well. Yeah. I dude, I go work out. I come back out. And I'm like, Hey everybody, what's up? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, right. you know, it's I feel total, it's totally different. Dude, yeah. I feel I've, it was so funny. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And them two are like, 
what? What are, what are we doing, yeah. Dad? But I'm just like, oh, boy. All right. Uh, why don't we go for some uh, – I'll take you for ice cream. I'll take you shopping to go look yeah. for – like, whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, boost your mood, man. Yeah. For me, I, I had a hard time getting up. The alarm went off, and I was like, dude, I could just, I could just sleep in a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I could – you know what? I know me. I know me better than anybody, and it's, yeah. hey, I know that when I get home tonight, I'm going to go, why the hell didn't you go to the gym this morning? Dude, yeah. you missed out. You need to get to it makes you feel better it sets the tone for the day and honestly i'm glad i did it was a heck of a day today yeah. but i got my good workout in i felt good yeah yeah it just does it just it makes the day so much better to start off with let a good me, workout let me ask you this question just because we're we're in that same age group i've noticed if i continue even if it's something quick and i'm talking like a 15 minute if i just go outside do a couple of squats do a couple of trx pulls like just something simple and quick if I take like that rest day, quote unquote, how like, you know, obviously you, you're tearing down your muscles and, 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 and they're recovering and you're feeling sore and your doms affect all that stuff. But if I keep going and do something daily, even if it's like you were saying earlier, like if we, if we go for a walk, if I take more for a walk and we just go a mile and a half, two miles, I feel so much better as far as like my recovery goes and not just like dragging like, oh man, like I don't feel as achy as yeah. I used to feel. I, do you feel it like that? Like you got oh, like if you got to keep yeah, going. Yeah, man. I, I don't know what it is. I got a real bad shoulder problem. Yeah. I'm just ignoring it. Um, <laughs> honestly, like what I what gets me through is is honestly like we got some CBD salves and yep. some stuff like that. Yep. I put a little bit of that on. I've got a Theragun. I've got you know just the old ice and heat trick and, and just try to get some sleep. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I feel it more these days. I really do. Um, but that also lets me know that I'm still after it. Yeah. But but you are right to the point of like. For me, go take that evening walk. Or if you're doing something daily, mm-hmm. you, you're able to still keep that, I guess I would say, like the inflammation's down yeah. and you're just feeling a yes. little better. Like my calves were killing me. I did wheels. I did legs the other day, man. And my calves were just telling me like all about it yeah. for like three days. <laughs> we took a walk yesterday evening and it was hard, but I'll tell you what, it felt good to stretch them out because they just were so stiff. Sitting behind a desk for eight hours yep. a day. You know, you get up and walk a little bit, but man, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it certainly helps. Yeah. That, well, if you're watching this on, on the YouTube channel, you're, you're probably like, Jeremy, what were you doing? Like, you, you're like, you look like you're fried. Well, yesterday we went to my dad's back at Northeastern Pennsylvania. I took uh, Nora, my wife, we went uh, to his house swimming. We usually go in like right now, middle of, of July, just to go in and, and spend the day there. That's like our one summer trip there basically as a family. And then I, I'll go a couple of times for get the property ready for hunting and all that stuff. Well, it was kind of cloudy and it was one of those days again, where you don't realize that the sun's out behind those clouds. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm burning. <laughs> and my wife's like, yeah, you, you're, you're bright red. And of course we get home today and she's like, Hey, are you going to cut those bushes? I was like, just get it done. Just go do it. So I did that. And now I'm like sitting here. I look when I came on the camera, I was like, whoo, you look like, <laughs> like an apple. But, um, yeah, so that's what I got done. I, my cardio today was after working out was go ahead and trim all the, the shrubbery around the house. I hate doing that oh, stuff. Oh, that's a workout in uh, its own, dude. Especially it. when you got the bushes, like I got bushes that are taller than me. Yeah. So taking the trimmer and I yeah. don't have a lot, I, I got a step stool, but yeah, I don't get same. on it. I'm like, we're reaching yeah. way up over there doing all that business. <laughs> oh, um, it gets man. all over you. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't feel there. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's dive into some things. Like I was alluded to earlier, I was just in Ohio, uh, scouting a little bit. What, what does your 
kind of preseason because you guys start early. Like you guys are are that second week and or third week of of September, I uh, I believe. So, you know what what is uh, when do, do you start getting like really excited? Just because you're busy, like you're you know what I mean. Like you're you're like yeah. myself so, and other guys gosh. out there with with everything going on. There's a lot there. Um, and it varies. It does yeah. vary year to year for me. It just kind of depends on where I'm at, like in a, you know, my mental space, like what, what can I take on? What can I, what mm-hmm. can I get at? And so for me, right about this time of year is when it starts to kick in, like, okay, there's some things that I do need to check out. I'd like to go do some classing. Um, I want to go check out some fields. I don't get too deep in too deep into the woods. Um, I'm not getting so deep in there uh, just because I don't like messing around too much. Uh, I've only got a couple of small areas that I work, so I try not to get in there too much, but mm-hmm. I watch from afar. And then every now and again, you find yourself at this time of year, you get a little bit of a good rainstorm or something like that. You can hop in there uh, as it's ra- you know, as it's raining or right after a rain or maybe even right before you get a rain. I mean, you're not leaving so much scent around. Yeah. And uh, just I, I try to keep, if there's one thing I've learned the last couple of years is really important, it's just keeping that impact real low, especially this time of year. But I'm starting to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I got a checklist, some things that I've got to get done. Uh, it's just trying to get to them. But right now is about that time of year where I go, okay, so I need to start getting out there. I need to start checking out you know, where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing, whether if I'm pulling it up on my apps and I'm kind of just trying to map out a new spot. Um, but mostly it's just glassing, just really kind of getting a tab on where I think the deer are. And most of that even actually is at the end of the year, mm-hmm. like while I'm hunting or even going into that end of the season, I kind of try to, I put little bits on my map, you know, little pins on my map where it's like, this was a pretty hot spot. Why was it a hot spot? Right. Um, this year I have a real, you know, just a couple people that I've, I've listened to. I mean, I know Bill Winky was talking about it the other day was just oaks, oaks and getting into acorns. Yeah. Um, my best year hunting a couple years ago, I mean, just seeing the, the, the amount of deer that I did and, and the good bucks that I had on camera, was just in acorns. Yeah. Um, and I really like those, that earlier season, that October to early November, you can get on acorns, man. If you find a good acorn, uh, you know, good oak tree that's producing acorns, yeah. it's going to be a hot spot. And that, so that's, I think what I'm keying on, keying in on a little bit more this year. Uh, I got a new property that I started hunting a little bit last year, big cornfield. Uh, it's going to be corn again this year. I'm a hopeful there, but it's a little bit of a tricky spot. I mean, it's wide open. Yeah. Um, and, so that's going to be a little tough, but I'm, I'm going to key in on acorns a little bit this year. When you at that new property, what does that access look like for you? Is there, is it challenging because of having, or is it, are you able it to It is sleep? terrible. <laughs> it's terrible because it has a Creek. It has a Creek that butts up on the property. Um, and so you, you know, you'll go and you'll park at this one spot and you are walking the cornfield when the corn is up. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. When the corn starts to get cut you are a sore thumb just sitting out there. You might as well wave and just yeah. kind of make as much noise as you can. So, because as the property line hits, uh, you could walk into the woods just slightly, but the, 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 the most sound way to get in is just walking the, the edge line where it's, you know, you got dirt, it's quiet. Yeah. Um, but you got to get in there when it's pitch black. I mean, you're getting in there way before shooting light and, and you, you're, if you're in there, you're going to leave way after, yeah. uh, you know, the, the sun goes down. So it's, it's a cool spot. Uh, it's challenging, could definitely produce one heck of a deer. I think there's one out there. Yeah. Uh, I think there's one or two other people that are pretty aware of it and everybody's keying in on that one deer. Yeah. So it kind of makes me go, eh, maybe I'm not going to be in that spot. Cause if there's two, three people in that same area, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the odds are going to be, but we'll right. see. 
Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from, one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Yeah, yeah you got to wait and see how maybe they try to hunt it. And, you know, he, that was the one aspect of I went out with, with Tim and Tom, two good friends of mine, and when we were out there and just seeing how they break it down, right? Like that's, and I've hunted with them in the past. We've talked about this countless times on a podcast together. And I just love just seeing how they were able to break certain things down when we were looking at it, because we looked at a chunk on like on the map and we were just like, let's just go walk it. And we walked the one whole side and, and, uh, pretty good and the thing right now is we know what it looks like right and like right now where we were trekking through there and like how you were saying you didn't want to get you mainly don't want to go in there where we were as far as like deer sign was concerned it was very minimal in the sense of like the trails were were used there were a lot of tracks but like it wasn't loaded with buck sign and i like we're just we're like the deer aren't in here there's no need for them to be in here right now especially with all the fields nearby and just where everything else is like that screams summer habitat that area Ooh. did not but then what you just alluded to earlier about the oaks but man when we found that little pocket of like three four oak trees we're like boom mark that on the map yep. <laughs> you know like just yep. because and like the locations and that's where we actually found some historical sign as well um, I think out of the couple pockets of oaks that we found, I think only we saw like one, one old maybe hang on. Um, like that guy had it figured out. It was actually near a scrape, like three trails kind of converged all together. Like we were looking at it. We're like, hey, this is really, really good. And of course it was like my PA instinct like went into effect. And I just like looked mm -hmm. up <laughs> like, I was <laughs> like, was. I was like that old nanny doe. I just looked yep. up. I was like, Hey, this guy had it figured out too. Yep. But, um, but yeah, so like it was, it was an interesting aspect for me because I hunted th this past spring when I hunted Ohio, that was the first time I was ever in the state hunting or really checking it out on that side of things. And, uh, I, I was, as I was walking properties and, and had that I had access to, I'm like, man, this is a whole other world of like where I was obviously I'm like man this would be a fun thing to learn and, and cut my teeth on in the next couple of years just to see how how it would play out because man it's it looks a lot of fun and it looks challenging and and I could see why if when it's hot you could be in deer and when it's not you are like in Pennsylvania where you're like seeing ghosts basically yeah yeah, man, Ohio, and I've only ever, I've only ever whitetail hunted Ohio. Okay. I mean, it's, that's all I've ever done. I, I trust me, I, I get plenty of offers to go. I've had offers to go, you know, put your stuff in for Iowa, get your stuff in for Missouri, get your stuff in for Kansas. It's yep. like, God, I want to, man. It's like trying to figure out which one I want to get into most, you know, yeah. obviously Iowa would be huge. Kansas yeah. has always been one that I would love to, but then I also got the guys that are out in like, uh, you know, Colorado and stuff like that. Like, Hey, you want to go on an elk hunt? 
yeah. get you just go you know get yeah. yourself get yourself one of these over-the-counter yeah, tags we, we know <laughs> we know the area it's like yep. man what do you do uh you know that's a great thing about this industry man there's so many people that are just like we want to help we want to get you in on this I you should it. check this out yep. but i yeah ohio man it depends on you know where you're at too mm-hmm. there's different regions yep but there's so much vast terror you know terrain like different ways to hunt it like you said getting in there and learning it you know, if you can learn an area, yeah. it gets real fun. It gets real fun. Here's a, here's a question for you because I, I'll admit, I haven't done a lot of it and it, it's actually been on the docket for me to try to do more actually this summer because I could get, I could get more involved with it a little bit as we drive around, but like glassing from afar, just because there are not a lot of, I guess, like fields nearby, but there are some pieces of Heck, even the public that we could drive down the road and there could be pockets and stretches where we could kind of glass out from afar, basically, where it's not a field. Um, But what does like how do you go about doing that and, you know, uh, possibly maybe getting access to a property? Like what does that look like for you when you are glassing? Just because that is kind of like a foreign thing to me personally. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's very similar. I mean, it's, it's not like it's easy. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, there's a lot of timber where we're hunting, you know, where we're yeah. hunting, there's a lot of timber. Uh, but what I like to do typically is I'll get on the, the places that I hunt for the most part, there's, there's a couple high vantage points okay. where you can see a lot of these ag fields that you're around. You just got to know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily for me, the main property that I mostly hunt is my in-laws place. Uh, there's a couple high points that you can get up. There's a couple low points you can slink down into that overlook some vast fields and you can just kind of tuck yourself in. You can just glass from afar. Um, it, it's in, it's, it, and it's minimal impact. And, and to be completely honest, I mean, there are some times where you could just walk down to the field. They're, they're fairly used to it because the farmers are down there doing it, yeah. uh, you know, doing their thing. And then, you know, I, you know, my father-in-law, he's out on his side by side when he can, he's doing his thing around the farm. And so there's a little bit of the, where the deer are like, yeah, you know, we know this is sketchy, but we're not like super high alert. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. I, I kind of just, it's over the last couple of years of just running these same spots that I, I kind of have an idea on how to attack them, how to approach them each year. But I like to get about as high as I can uh, at a couple of vantage points and just, just, just put the binoculars out there yeah. and just check it out. And then you want to do it, you know, I'll do it later in the evening you know, cause that's about when they're out in the fields and just kind of take an inventory, just, right. you know, kind of see what's around. Cause I will say this too, uh, that, that property particularly, I think there were five stud bucks taken off that property last year. So my hopes for that spot this year, there, there's not a whole lot of high hopes, yeah. but I could get lucky because every now and again, if they've all moved out, if you've got, you know, the vast majority of those deer are out of there, there's that one or two big boys that like to get in there and go, this is my spot. Yep. Yep. That I actually just recently listened to the Exodus podcast. Jake had on, um, I forget the guy's name. I just listened to it just earlier today when I was doing all that yard work, and I, I finished listening to it. Let me just see real quick because he's actually from Ohio. It was um, Steve Pinkston, and he runs uh, a, an, an e-bike company out of Ohio, and it, it was fascinating to hear because it, it, it's so funny how things align. But he takes photography pictures and of these whitetail, and I mean, he's an older gentleman, so he's really been going hard at it since the '80s. He's been, you know, he's been doing this. But as of recently, uh, I forget how long he's been doing the photography. Photography, but in the summer months, what he does is so he'll go and try to get like he's like hunting them with with the camera. Mm-hmm. And what he's learning, he's le- like, he's learning these deer's 
mannerisms and just like how they are a little bit. And obviously things change once the velvet comes off. But what he does is he takes that into the field come hunting season. He loves hunting the evenings. He's not really a morning guy, as he says in the podcast. And what he's doing is like during the day when he's taking these photos, he's just like watching and it's like scouting as well. Mm -hmm. He goes, I don't know how many times what he's done is, you know, watch that buck make that mistake. And he's like, tomorrow morning, I know where I need to be. And he's gone on to capitalize and, and kind of kill that buck. And it was so funny because I, I, I guess I don't want to kind of, kind of sound like I'm, I'm a sick minded individual, but like, obviously I love watching like the Netflix dramas of, of like the documentaries of, of uh, like catching a killer and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I'm, he's like, well, yeah, me and my buddies joke. Like we're like serial killers. We like stalk <laughs> our prey. We take, you know what I mean? And it, it yeah. was like, that's actually a great analogy of, of what he's doing. Um, yeah. And it just reminded me, I'm like, I got to ask Bryant this later. Like, the, you know, cause I, I remember you saying about glassing before that is so foreign to me. And I just wanted to know more about it because doing what he does of, and it, I mean, if you're actually watching the buck do what he's doing and know where he's kind of heading and in that general vicinity, that I mean, that ups your odds so much rather than just being looking at a map going, I'm going to go here tomorrow and just see what yeah. you see. You know what I mean? And it doesn't always pan out, man. I know yep. that there's been so many years in the summer that I will just see a deer that makes me go like, uh, you know, it. you're like, if I saw that deer in October, November, I, I would fall out of the tree. I mean, thank God I'm wearing a harness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seriously, I've seen some deer in the summer that have made my jaw drop and go, Holy cow. Like yeah. where is that deer going? And, and, and I mean, you'll see him on camera every now and again, like in the season, maybe he's nocturnal, but uh, it's, it's cool to get out there and just see them and yeah. just watch how they're doing it. Look how big they're getting. Sometimes you can tell it's that same deer. You see that deer and you go, okay, that's, you know, what's he look like a year from now? And you can see that that deer is smart. Yeah. Um, that, and I'm sure that deer is still alive because I don't think anybody got him. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I don't even want to think about it. I mean, I, it, cause it's, it's, I don't know where he goes. He disappears. There's only one option. I know he goes and he's really freaking smart for doing it because nobody can touch that spot. Like yep. nobody touches that spot. Man. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just cool to get out there and glass. And, and again, you know, glassing is different here in Ohio than it would be say in Kansas or Iowa where mm-hmm. you can go you know, way out there and sit on top of a silo and just watch all these monster deer go around. You know, I'll get on top of my, you know, on on top of my car. I call it, you know, I'll just call it hillbilly surfing, get on top of my car or my Jeep. And I'll just, I'll just kind of sit up there. If I don't have a high enough spot to kind of see over corn and some stuff like that, I'll, I'll just hop on that thing. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's still fun to get out there and it's a great way to get the kids interested in it too. My kids like going out there and they'll get the binoculars and they want to see it. And I try to tell them, okay, so you start here, you got to try to find it. I'm not going to tell you exactly where he is, but you're going to find it. So yeah, yeah. it's cool. And it's, it's, it's a fun way to spend time with the kids and get them interested in it. And uh, yeah, it's a fun way to do, you know, just a summer thing to do. Yeah. Heck yeah. So here's a question kind of going back to what we were saying earlier with, you know, especially in your position of, of working at America's best boat strings and helix broadheads is getting a chance to meet people and wanting to go. So if you did have a choice to hunt somewhere, would you go for an early season, mid season, like that late, middle, mid, middle, late October, or would you go for somewhere for a rut hunt? Like what, which give, give me a late October near Halloween. I would probably pick it Yeah, because then I can still come back to Ohio if I had to. For the rut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that, I, I think, you know, you get those, that last week of October is just like this magical yeah. week that either it's going to happen or it's not. 
Uh, and if I was to go out of state, it, I'd love to. I'd love to make something happen yeah. that week because yeah. it's just fun. Because that time, you starts to cool off. You're getting some of that crazy weather. It's starting to just pick up a little bit. The deer are starting to kind of get to that point where they're like, you know, it, it's it, yep. they know what's happening. Their body's telling them what's going on, and it's yeah, that's 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 got to happen one of these years. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I would love I love that time frame. You know, I went on the. Uh, early, obviously, I did a, that western a couple years ago for the mule deer, and I did the early season Delaware hunt. And this year, I'm to- tossing around the idea I might just go for the weekend, like a like a Saturday, just a random day uh, with a, a buddy or two uh, down to Maryland uh, in like early September, just to go down. The early season, it has like its moments. Like for me, I, I want to go to experience that camp hang yeah. with friends, get the cobwebs out. If I kill, I kill. It's not like a, I, I don't have this drive to kill a velvet buck. I, I just don't. I mean, it would be mm-hmm. cool. I, anybody that yeah. has done it that I know, they're like, it was the biggest pain in the ass that, that ever was, right? Mm-hmm. You know, trying to preserve mm-hmm. it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want to go for the memories, the friendship, the and and knock the cobwebs off so that way once I get back here in early October to hunt PA, I'm dialed in. For sure, for sure, man. And honestly, uh, the hot. early season, the, yeah, I it's hate hot. the heat, yeah. dude. I hate the heat. <laughs> like it's got to cool down significantly. Yeah. I just, and I've got gear to go out and stuff, but it's like, dude, mosquitoes, yep. Yep. ticks, like real bad out here. Like mosquitoes and ticks are terrible that time of year still. Yep. And it's like, I'm good. Yeah. Like the deer are still going to be here. Now I will say this deer are really patternable at that point. Yep. Uh, I had a chance at a really nice eight point last year that, you know, just cause I am, just my luck, the way that it rolls, uh, I didn't go that one night. It was a thunderstorm was rolling in. I think there was something me and my wife had to get done that evening. And I was just like, ah, yeah. my dad, sure, sure as hell. My dad calls me up. He's like, are you up in your tree stand right now? I'm like, no. He's like, I'm watching the field right now. He's walking right under it. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, and that was early season. I think that was like, that was probably the very last week of September, if not the very first week of October that yeah. was. And that deer was patternable. We knew mm-hmm. he was there. We knew exactly where he came out. I sat the tree stand right up where he walks out at. Would have been just like perfect. Yeah. That's deer hunting, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, that's how it works. And yeah. it's okay. I'm okay with it. Like he was like losing his mind. I'm like, dad, it's all right. Like, seriously, yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah, it'd be great to shoot that deer. But I had other things I had to get done. Like, yeah. It's just, that's how it works. Have you had many opportunities like that on a, on a deer? The only reason why I ask is because last year for me was the first time ever that I was getting consistent buck pictures, daylight, nighttime. Like it didn't matter where I almost felt confident enough to, create that strategy to go in there that opening weekend to maybe get it done mm-hmm. i mean i the second weekend i ended up hunting that area and i shot a doe and stuff like that and i the sign was there but i i didn't have that buck encounter who knows i just don't i think my wind was kind of a little bit bad i was flirting with it in that area a little bit but ha, have you had many opportunities to maybe go in on a on a buck early like that so last year was really the first year that yeah. I really kind of crazy, isn't uh, it? I kind of had them to a pattern, and yeah. even the other farm, the second farm that I hunted at my in-laws, like I had cameras out there, and I had deer fairly well patterned, and so I, I had two bucks in particular. I had a real wide eight. I nicknamed him Quaker Phil, and then I had a real <laughs> massive buck that I called Tornado. Yeah, and and so I had them. I'm like, well, one of these, I'm gonna kill one of these deer. They're 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 patternable. I just gotta you know you know play your cards right. Yep. And I never played my cards right. I don't know what it was. Every time I felt like, you know, I had the perfect wind. I had, you know, the right moon. I had just all these different things. 
And then they weren't there. They didn't show up. And whether I would hunt the morning or if I knew they were kind of coming through more so in the evening. And there comes a point where they just go nocturnal. Yeah. I mean, I was getting pictures of them at like 1038, you know, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be there at that point, but it's, uh, it, it's frustrating. That's like the super frustrating thing about cameras is while they can get you close to that deer and patternable, it's still not a for sure thing. No. But last year was the most confident I felt about having a deer patterned. It was just not that it was just wasn't to be. I mean, right. I didn't see either of those deer yeah. uh, on the, you know, just on the hoof from the stand, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. That last year was was cool, especially seeing that one. I know my dad was losing his mind over it, but it was cool to see those pictures and going, that's like right, right there. there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how close I would have been if I had one out that night. Right. I think my mistake was last year, too, when, when, when you're talking about this, is that I had I found this this tree that was just tore had like a double scrape on it and i set a camera up looking down and i was getting bucks from the east and west <laughs> i was getting them from the north and like every direction these deer were converging to this 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 huge scrape the double scrape i called it and i made the mistake by there was three really good trees within 20 yards of it and I think what I did wrong was hunt in one of those trees. If I would have hunted a little bit more on the outside, like outskirt, I think because when I postseason this past year, my dad and I, we went walking around down there and where I was like, man, I think I should have hunted around here. Let's just go walk it like zigzag through this thick stuff and, and just see Bryant. It was loaded. Of course, I was just so stubborn and kind of just not listening to my gut my my gut was telling me to go there but i was like no hunt this scrape hunt this scrape because i was anticipating like where i was as far as cover goes it would have been a perfect strong side shot in a saddle where the deer would have kind of funneled through like where i was getting the photo from and the only time that i saw this like one of the main bucks was when it got spooked from somebody there's nothing that can change it man it's that's a but that's still it's hunting hunting. man it's it's hunting like i get to go hunt a little bit more that's all exactly (laughs) so here's a great a great question because i i i've fallen into this as well you know a couple years ago when you killed that really good buck you were on on what like a six year eight year window what, what, eight, years. Eight, eight years eight years was my drought yeah so, so let me ask you this question now that you're removed from that even heck a couple of days afterwards you forget about those eight years right like mm-hmm. like you you know you, you could learn from those situations through that uh your hunting days if you could go back and tell yourself something midway through that like year four what would you like think or tell yourself or what was your biggest learning thing from that those years honestly surrounding myself with the people that are killers. I mean, stone cold killers. Like you learn so much from those people. Um, and it doesn't mean that everything they say is going to work for you. I mean, I I talk to guys from all over the place, but, uh, you know, just it's, it's that listening now again in that, in that stretch of time, I, I, you know, I had just started getting my feet wet in the industry, so I didn't know so many people, but it was just like, Hey, do some more research. Like podcasts weren't even a thing really at that point either. So you just, you learn so much more. You just have to be a sponge. And while you don't have to take all the information as the gospel, it's cool to listen to everybody's viewpoint and how they do it. Yeah. Uh, Everything's different, but I think you can pull something of value out of just about everything. You just, as long as you're learning and you're listening to that right spot, just try it. 
Yeah. I just try, don't be afraid to like move your tree stand and like try something else. It might look like a totally dead spot, but it, I mean, you never know. It's just like trying that out, like mo- being mobile. Mobile's yeah. a huge thing now. There's so many different things that I think that, that, that bow hunters in general are trying. And it's a lot of it's just because we have the access now. We have the tools. We have the podcast. We have the people. Like you can hear from these these people that are just absolute killers, and you're stupid to not listen to them. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I honestly I, I am so appreciative of everybody in this in this industry in this community that I talk to, and I can just like just pick their brain. I can call them up, you know, yeah. and say, hey, like, what are you thinking? So for me, just at that point, it's just don't don't like it's okay to try different things. Like don't be afraid to try different things uh, and, and just try to absorb as much as you can learn more, be a student of the game. Yeah. If you're in the market for finding a new trail camera, I highly encourage you to look no further than Exodus. Exodus has two main options to choose from as far as cameras go, a budget-friendly option that doesn't compromise quality. The Exodus rival is the camera for you. Simplicity meets functionality in this easy to use feature-rich cell camera. The Rival offers crystal clear photo quality, easy setup and use with complete remote management through the app anywhere in the world. Two already are set up in Northeastern PA for me and they're working flawlessly. And if you're looking for an all-encompassing cell camera, seriously look no further than the Render. It's their flagship camera. It stood the test of time for thousands of hunters across the country. I have one deployed here locally where I live and another one I'm saving for back at Northeastern PA. Again, zero issues. And I'll tell you what, Exodus stands by their five-year warranty for accidents or for theft top of the line customer service so see for yourself why so many made the switch to exodus and experience the exodus difference use code au to get 15 percent off your first camera today yeah i like that answer and as far as applying that to me as as my i agree with that because you know, i listened to bo martonic from the eats meets west podcast and i've heard bo say you know he has a huge platform and he has all these people on and and they're like, you were just saying, talking mobile. And he goes, you know, I was trying all these different things, bouncing around and doing all that. And he's like, you know what? I, this is my, I, I've hunted this area my whole life. I know if I just put time on this stand in this location, something's going to happen. It may take day three of not seeing a deer, but I know it's going to happen sooner than later. Yeah. And, it, and the time allowed him to do that. And he, he's, he's been highly successful the last couple of years. Um, we just recorded that that episode won't come out though till till fall uh but it it was just so cool to hear that and for me personally with playing sports my whole life being a coach being a teacher i my thing where i i don't want to say i was surprised that i struggled with it so much but it's the the mental side of not necessarily the hunting tactics the strategies but like that moment so those that like listen tune in and and when you hear me talk about the moment a lot it's because i'm trying to digest it because i've unfortunately i've missed more deer with my bow than i would love to admit right like we were just talking when we were in ohio i'm like holy shit like on a on a on a let's be real moment here I could have I could be leading into this season on an an eight buck year straight other than last year because last year was the first year that I didn't knock or loose like send an arrow at a buck. Last year was the Ooh. first year within the last eight years. Dude, you suck. Like you have to get better. And I've two a couple of years ago when I killed my good buck with the bow, 
I did a lot of things to get better that year. And since then, I, I don't know what happened that year after. I don't know if I got cocky. I don't know if I just was too com- comfortable with where I was. I was like, oh, it will happen. And like, as soon as a buck stepped out, I got like full moron mode. Mm. And that's what like, like, you know what I mean? Like, so like mm-hmm. I went, I, I've gone full idiot. You and, can get in your head way yeah. too easily, man. Yep. You really can. And you yep. say, that, that's, I, I try, I, it's going to sound stupid. And I know that I'm not, I am, I am a nobody. I am mm-hmm. a, not even a blip on the radar anywhere. I just, you cannot put that stress on yourself. Yep. Exactly. Go out and have fun hunting. Like there's one thing that I wish that I could just spread that message to everybody. Yep. I know a lot of people want to get into this and get like, you know, get it sponsored and get, yep. you know, I want my content out there. I want to be on YouTube. I want all these views. I want to hang out and rub shoulders with this person. It's, Dude, have fun. Hunting is 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 a way to provide for your family and have fun doing it. There's camaraderie. There's a brotherhood to this. Yep. Let's go back to that. Like that's what really makes this special. Yep. Uh, it, but it, it, you know, I don't like that whole pressure of like, dude, I got like for me. You know, yeah, I work in the industry, and and it, you know, you go you go to the shows, and everybody's talking about all oh, the deer. I, you know, look at this deer <laughs> I killed. Like, dude, if I showed you what I shot, it's a baby compared to that stuff. Yeah. But you know what? Filled my freezer. I had fun doing it. It was one hell of a hunt. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like that's what matters. Exactly. You know, that's great. If, I mean, I'm not knocking anybody. If right. you if you if you're, you know, so serious that that's what is that's your definition of success, chase it. it, man. Have yep. at it. But it's different for everybody. Don't don't poo-poo somebody that's just in, you know, trying to do this for just the enjoyment of it and procuring that meat and yep. uh, you know, just wanting to have a good time and hang out with pe- like-minded people in this community. Yep. yep, preach, man. And that's and that's exactly what last year you know, I, I could honestly say, Brian, last year I felt very at ease. I, I feel going into this year the same way, um, you know, and, you know, go from there. I've taken the right steps and um, continuously taking the right steps to try to continue to get better uh, when that moment comes to calm, to calm myself. And uh, I even I've even gone as far as like trying to train. Like I know some people will go run and then they shoot their bow and then like their heart rate's elevated and stuff like that. That I think if that works for you, do it. I think that can help. I've even learned to try for my best because I'm not a cardio guy, dude. Like I tell me to go run sprints, I'll run sprints. You know, mm-hmm. like hey Jeremy, go run a hit sprint. I'll do that. But if when you got to tell me to go, and I I could do like a three miler run, walk, hike type thing. Like as far mm-hmm. as a run, like I I don't mind doing those. But as far as like, hey, you got a half hour, go run that that 5K. Like, I'm not doing it. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, but what I've tried to practice is when my heart rate does get elevated to really control my breathing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I even like shooting with my buddies out in Ohio. They're my good friends. But you better believe like on that, when I drew back that first time, I was a little nervous, you know, just because oh, I'm, shoot, I'm shooting in front of people, right? And yeah. dude, and... It, I calmed myself down. I made some really great shots. We were shooting out to 90 on a little Reinhardt thing, just having fun. Like at, by that point in time, we were just having fun, ripping arrows. But the, those first couple, I was like, calm yourself, right? Like don't go mm-hmm. like, and I went through my process and I had some really good breaks. I had some really good shots. Boom, there's a check mark for great job. And now mm-hmm. let's continue to continue to build on yeah. that for the season. Yeah. Confidence builder, man. That's yep. what starts. That's why we got the off season. I yeah. think that's what works. Like, so we went to tack and it's kind of similar. It's like, we're in a group of like six or seven people that are all from, you know, that I work with. Yeah. And it was awesome because we had 
you know, an IBO world champion and our, and our owner, Jerry, (laughs) you know, he's shooting and he's shooting for, he's shooting for 11s, man. It's 11s or bust, you know, that's what he's going for. And then we got a couple other younger guys that are hungry that work out in production that are like, Hey, I'm, you know, they're on the IBO circuit as well. And so they're, you know, they're shooting for 11s. They're keeping score. I'm the guy that's going to tactics like, Hey, I'm cool if I hit the foam, if it's in the ass or it's yep. in the antler yeah. or anything like that, like I'm having fun, <laughs> but to be completely fair, like, yeah, I do want to have, like, I I'm judging that when I go to total archery challenge, it's practice on an ethical shot. Like that's yep. what I'm going for. If I'm in that ethical area, I'm good. If I don't lose an arrow, great. Yep. Um, but we had a couple other guys uh, that I don't think had, had done anything like that before. And we just all went and we had a blast, but yeah, you could, you could yeah, tell. I was, there was times I'm like, man, like I, I guys, I can't keep up with you. Like I can't shoot yeah. like the way you, cause they're there. I mean, if you watch them, if you go, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen I competitive the video. shooters. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it, it, yeah. it's just something I've been around it for years now and I'm still not used to it. I'm like, wow. Like I, yeah, I, yeah, I just could. Yeah. I, I, I'm just a, I don't know. I'm just a silly archer, I guess yeah. in my tactics. It's like, I'm there to just, I'm there looking for a kill shot. I'm looking for like this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because that's like a perfect transition into talking about some ABB strings and stuff. I, when I was able to get my my uh, set for the era, I brought, I put them on, I did everything, and I went down to Nate's. Oh, I, I needed to adjust my uh, uh, string stop. And I know I could do it, but I, you know, you're like, I don't know if you're, if, if you've done this before, but I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do that, but I'm going to take it to someone else to make sure they do it right. Because I don't want, I don't want to be the one that breaks the, that carbon rod or whatever like that. So I take it down there and Nate's just laughing at me at the shop. And so I go down and I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm a little hot. I think I said, you know, I think with the new strings that, you know, I'm a little bit hot. I was missing maybe my left and rights were great. I was inch and a half like high, but I was consistent. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a little T-Rex arm syndrome going on, and I'm 27 and a half inch draw. Nate's like 31. You know, Nate's like right. six foot four, and he gets in there, and he's like this, like with the bow. Yeah. Pump. I'm like, oh, gosh, darn. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, just practice. I'm like, all right. Yeah, right. Yep. Sounds- That's exactly how it is. But- I could say the same thing if I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm playing. I'm like, man, I'm getting a terrible paper tear. Like, what's going on? Jerry's like, let me see. And, he, you know, he goes through his shot process. He puts it through perfect bullet. He bullet hole. He's like your grip yeah i was like oh okay <laughs> like yeah, let me yeah. just change my grip <laughs> yeah exactly no it, it's amazing for that so some really cool things happened this past year for avb that i i i think they're, they're really cool uh i know especially right now i'm hoping this i think and you could correct me if i'm wrong i think this is going to help this time frame for hunters um you just made a post about it even today you know what are some of the new things that abb's done to to help us archers out for this upcoming season so the one thing i mean the, the biggest thing the absolute biggest thing was trying to figure out a way to alleviate some of these crazy summer lead times yep. uh you know I, i'm not going to shy away from it this is a, this is the time of year where it's, it starts to get crazy busy mm-hmm. and it'll go all the way into october um you know it starts out west like our western dealers are picking up and that's what people have to think about a lot of those states out west if you're if you're hunting in ohio or you're pennsylvania your season's not going to start for a little bit they're getting ready to start out west like they're getting their tag results they've already got their tag results for a while these people are starting to get in there maybe they don't want it there no they're not getting a new bow but they're going to get some service work done right uh so for us the biggest thing was how do we alleviate some of this and we've we've done so we've taken some steps we've got what's uh, a quick ship program 
And a lot of this is the hub. We go through the hub of our website. We have a quick ship program, um, which is basically just like it was either too many sets were produced. We, we you know, we made a, a, an oopsie in the back where we had, you know, double print on an order and we made two instead of it just needed to be one. So we go put that back in stock. Maybe a customer gets a set of strings and they go, that's not the color I was really looking for. Uh, and if we go, hey, that's a pretty common bow and the color's not that outrageous, let's put that back in the system. So, you know, we'll just knock a couple bucks off of it. But this year for us, I mean, we kind of, we planned this out, you know, more so around this time last year, having these conversations. We created what's called Platinum Black. Uh, and Platinum Black is our Platinum series. It is still our best string set that we offer, built the exact same. Uh, but the difference is, is that this set comes only in black. It's just like it says, it's, it's, a, it's in a black color. Um, it, and, and we've stocked this. This is stuff we've been building for months, getting this inventory built up on models, mostly within about the last five years or the most popular models for certain brands. Uh, so we've built up that inventory and we've made it available to the website. We made it available to our dealers and we said, hey, listen, if you need a string set and it's on this list, we're going to ship it out that day. Yep. And we're also going to knock it down. You know, if a, if a custum string set of platinum costs $179.99 MSRP, that platinum black is going to be $159.99 because we, we, we've mass produced it. There's more there. We're not having to do a lot of the intricacies that we, that takes, you know, going and getting this spool and this spool and, and doing all these things. It takes more time to build a yeah. custom set. Um, so that was the biggest thing, you know, for ABB, we wanted to figure out how we can get string sets out faster. Even right now, I will tell you this, we're somewhere near three and a half weeks on our orders. That platinum black is saving a ton of people with getting their order. You know, Hey, I'll take a couple bucks off a set and I'm not that crazy about custom colors. colors. Yep. I'll take a platinum black. It's still a great string set. It's still going to be, it's you know, best. in most cases, yeah. an upgrade over what you're shooting now. Right. Uh, so if it's on that list, it's a great, great string set to go with. I mean, it's still a platinum series. Mm-hmm. You're just getting a hell of a deal out of it, and it's going to ship that day. It might not be those custom colors, but right. it's it's still a hell of a deal and a yeah. great string set. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I mean, if especially, too, if you are someone that something happens to your bow and you're in need of a new one or anything along those lines that you could – you know, like you said, just you need something right then, right now. Accidents happen even, you know, there's a great opportunity where, again, like Brian said, you don't have to wait the three weeks. Now, here's a question for you that Jim Jim wanted me to for sure ask this one. Do you guys, which way are, are you making the string go? So we twist our strings counterclockwise rotation, yeah, right. which is a very different. Yeah, we were, it's a very which different viewpoint than the industry. Yep. Um, so talk this about is, this because think for people that, well, you know, are very technical. I don't want to say scientific, but are in the, into the, the nitty gritty side of things and people that like to know certain aspects of maybe accuracy, all this stuff. So talk about this because I think it is a really important aspect that is a very subtle minute thing that people could pass off basically it is and i will tell you this it's probably been as far as questions go that's been one of the the hottest questions really for us more and more people are actually aware of this okay and they're actually it could go two ways absolutely uh but once it's explained it's kind of like oh yeah i never thought about that that way so when america's best bowstring started jerry believed that so what you take a a spool of material and 
in in pretty much every case if you take that material that's you know, a strand off of that you cut it natural rotation that it wants to go is in a counterclockwise rotation that's one individual strand so well that's why we do that we do that because it's natural rotation wants to go counterclockwise if you're twisting clockwise and then man this is opinionated but you know and, and, and i don't know if it's scientifically proven <laughs> at this point but this is what we believe and we think it, it it's there's we think there's merit to it yeah if you're going with the natural rotation of that fiber you're putting 24 strands of 452x in a bundle in most cases do you want it fighting itself constantly wanting to go the other way so we twist it counterclockwise and in that case, what it does is by twisting counterclockwise, it will, in most cases, cast your arrow in a clockwise rotation, uh, which in most cases, right uh, most, most arrows are twi- or have the right helical on the veins, uh, which is just working in conjunction. So it's just one fluid, uh, you know, uh, synergy. I mean, there's synergy from your string to your arrow. It's, it's important. I mean, I think it is important, but it is, it gets, a, it's getting technical. It's getting yeah. very technical uh, for our case too, just to like kind of like rabbit trail just slightly with Helix broadheads, it's a right bevel broadhead. So yet again, when you have that right bevel, it's just working completely in conjunction with our string, uh, which was, you know, something really cool that when we were looking at that, we go, yeah, it's going to work perfect. perfect. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it, when you get technical like that, that's, that's a big one. And a lot of people like to know that. So yeah, we twist our strings counterclockwise. Uh, I don't really think that you can call us up and say, Hey, I got a left helical on my arrows. Can you twist it (laughs) clockwise? I don't think that's something we're going to really do. We're not really super interested in that because at that point, if we did that, it's not an ABB string anymore. It's not how we build it. Uh, so yeah, we, we try to stick to the counterclockwise rotation. And and at that point you're like, if you are interested in, in, this is just me being like the devil's advocate, right. And, And in a positive way, if you are ordering a set of ABB strings and they're coming in that, just switch to your right helical. I mean, because yep. then like it that just solves that. Instead of getting a string because you have arrows on a, or arrows made up maybe with your veins on the left, just you know take them off or get another new set. It could be cheaper or whatever. I'm just I don't know. It was just fascinating to hear and like hearing Jim explain it to me. He's like, you know, if, he goes so basically in, in another if it's going the you know regular clockwise. And you have that right helical. He's like, your arrow is going the opposite way. And then at one point mm-hmm. in, in that flight, it's trying to flip it and like go the opposite way. And he goes, it's just, he goes, so if you ever watch slow motion videos of, of people, it might get there as mm-hmm. it's, it's hitting that, but they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you might see that horrible arrow flight. It's because of that. And he's yeah. like, ones that you see that it's just perfect. It's the, you know, it's, it's the right helical aligned with that right, uh, clockwise counterclockwise string. And dude, I, I, I mean, I never had issues with my flight and all that type of stuff. But once I, Jim started doing this and going down this rabbit hole with me, I'm like, wow. And then well, obviously when I talked to him, he's like, get Brian to explain this to people <laughs> because you know, it, it, it is a little important thing that if you are looking to be the most accurate for people in 3d and target, like all that stuff, I mean, why, why not? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, between that and the question of like dyes and material, you know, what is a natural versus what is a, a red or a black, you know, black mm-hmm. dye and a material like you get a lot of those questions, but that's getting, you know, pretty technical when it comes yeah. to your string set. But that's what 
that's what a lot of the industry is telling you is, hey, well, you want to know if it twists this way or you got to know if this is what's in your string. Like right. strings are starting to become more people are paying attention to what's going on with their string, which is good. It's great. I mean, yep. that's that's our business. That's what we do. And we want you to be happy with what you're getting and not feel like you're getting rope doped on something that <laughs> doesn't work for you. We want to we want to make you know, you know, we want you to know that this is what our product's going to do for you. It might be a little different than, you know, X, Y, you know, X, Y, Z bowstring. Yeah. No, man, I, I, I think it's great. And I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like every year when you create a custom set for me, I'm always like, dang it, Brian, that's, that's my favorite set. Then the next one's made. I'm like, I don't know, man, that one's my favorite set. It, it just, you keep doing a phenomenal job. I love picking your brain of, of what we got going on. And, and, uh, as far as like colorways go and, and all that stuff. And dude, I told you the other day, Nora's been shooting her bow still like a ton with me and, and like having fun with it. And she's just shooting the regular pursuit series mm-hmm. and those strings, Brian, they're still full. I mean, I know she's not shooting as much as like we do daily right. and like all that stuff, but they're flawless. And that, yeah. they're on like year two, <laughs> like year three, I think even on, on that yeah, side. I think they are about year, year three. three. I, think yeah. I remember those ones. Yeah. yeah they the, were the uh, Harley electric Quinn. blue, yeah. the electric blue and pink. I yeah. think we did something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that it, it just stands to what we believe as a company, you know, yeah. we want to make, we're not, you know, we're not good without our, our customers, you know, our customers are who's making and breaking us and we're out there. We want, we want them to be happy. You know, we mm-hmm. looked at it from our perspective of we're archers and bow hunters as well. Yeah. Is this going to pass the test for us? Like, is this something we would, you know, we would use out in the field and that's how we're always looking at it this isn't something that's like you know i always hear the crap about mass produced oh it's mass produced it's mass produced go to the guy in his garage who's doing it for this that and the other well i am going to get on that topic just slightly just because i want to address it i mean i'm here to talk you know we're here talking strings let's address Mm -hmm. some of that yep that's great for that dude that's a side hustle you know this is all we do this is what we do we make strings and you can call them mass produced but i can tell you right now this isn't some machine operation where strings are just flying off of a conveyor belt. These are people with their hands, you know, checking stuff out, checking, you know, machines, you know, all these different things that go into it. I think if you were to walk into, I, I can't wait for you to come out. If you come out yep. to ABB, because you'll be able to actually see how this, this is working. Most of the times when we have somebody come in to take a tour when they walk through those doors that go to our production, it's just like, wow, yeah, this is not what I thought. This isn't even remotely close to what I thought. So yeah, a guy in his garage might be able to make the one of the nicest strings in the world. He's got more time to do it, and there is no way he can keep up with the demand that we're putting up in every day right. at, at America's Best Bow Strings. Yep, dude. And one of your top uh, dealers is down there in Utah at Wild. Is it? I always forget the name of that of the Archer Wild Arrow. Show. Wild Arrow. Like yeah. that is like your number one 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 of your top uh, dealers out that out in, across the. America. Yeah, we got a lot of great dealers, a lot of great dealers. Our top uh, the last couple of years. So Wild Arrow was, was our top dealer, I think two years two, in two a row, years, yep. about four years ago, uh, you know, three, four years ago. But then as of the last two years, uh, Sunrise Archery up mm. in uh, Fenton, Michigan have just turned it up. Like everybody bow hunts in Michigan, yeah. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> bow hunts in Michigan, which is awesome. Um, and, and it's their great shop as well. We have a, a huge dealer base. I mean, we're international. We're in Germany. We're in, uh, we got a, you know, a Japanese yep. uh, dealer. We're all over the place. Yeah. And it, that's what, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. I mean, that's, we're building these things. We look at it like this. Every morning we have a meeting and it, we never lose sight of 
that one string set goes to one person. It, it goes to one person. This is, you have to think about that every time you're building that one cable, that one string, this goes to one person that they're going to make hopefully a memory of a lifetime with that string. Yep. So we always look at it from that aspect of this is super important. This isn't just, you know, business as usual, come in, let's make a couple bucks, make a couple strings and, you know, we're good. We don't care what happens. You know, this is, this is, you know, this is what we do. This is, we just look at it from that aspect of we're archers serving archers. Yeah. I love that. And it's a family. You know what I mean? I feel like that is the one other aspect of it. It's like you're part of something. And like I said, we've been friends for four years and been repping ABB, you know, during all, of course, those four years. And man, I, the one thing that I, I could really take away and I could really honestly say is that it is that kind of that family feel and friends and like, I don't know, there's just no, like, it's not just a, an individual that like, Okay, here you go. See you later. Kudos to you guys. I know, like you said, now's the busy time. It's it, people, everybody wants now, 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 and 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 don't understand. It's like you said, people are the behind the scenes that are actually mm-hmm. making this and checking the, the strings and all that stuff. That's why I'm like, hey, if I order it and they don't come till another month or in some change, like that's okay. I'm not, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I just, I know I'm not, what? I'm the minority in that side of things probably, but you know. I'll tell you what, yeah. man, the, this year, and I just had a conversation with our sales manager about this. We were just having this conversation and, you know, we know we're behind and we're, we're, we're trying to work through that, but it's like, we've had conversations where it's like, you know, we've had to talk to people that are, have been waiting, you know, three and a half weeks on a string set. And that's probably two and a half weeks past the time we told them that it was going to ship by just because just some staffing things that we're working through. Yep. There's just various things. There's various things that are happening that it's just, it's a bummer, but you know, we got to find a way through it. We're still going to come into work every day. We're going to try to get out everything that we possibly can, but you can only physically do so much in a day. Yep. You know, our production's working in some cases, 10, 10, 12 hour days. We just implemented Saturdays as well. So it's like, we're, you don't want to burn somebody out, but what's really cool is this is really the first year where if you, you're just dreading giving that person the bad news, Hey, I'm sorry, it hasn't shipped yet. And you know, we're going to do everything we can to get it out. It might be a couple more days yet. The consensus in most cases is I get it, dude. Like, Hey, it's okay. I I just wanted to check in on it. It's all right. I understand staffing shortages. I work in this field and we're dealing with the same thing. And I know what it's like. He's like, I'm not going to be, you know, that our customers are like, we're not going to be that person that it's going to just sit there and scream at you because what good is it going to do? You know? So it's actually pretty cool. This is that year where it's, I think people are just like, Hey, let's just, you know, it's cool. We'll we'll get it. You know, if something changes, just let me know. And and that's been the nice thing. A little bit of a nice change of pace is, I think people just, they, they get it. They understand it. We've tried to push the message that, Hey, this is that time of year where it just gets chaotic. Right. You know, we don't have a crystal ball to tell you exactly when it's going to go. We try to do our best, right? But sometimes things just get Western real quick, uh, you know, in the stream <laughs> business. So. Yep. <laughs> things get Western, man. I know. Yep. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm telling you people, I, I've, I swear by them, uh, heck, even if they weren't uh, supporting a, like 
antler up in, in any means that those are the strings that would would be on my bow and uh heck they were on my bow before we got together and did anything right like mm-hmm. that's just that's just the nature of the beast and that's why i, I really you know wanted to, to work and be a part of this and um towards that so definitely check them out america's best bowstrings.com uh you hear it on weekly on the podcast so definitely check that out and the other partner or I shouldn't say partner, but the other part of the family with ABB is Helix Broadheads. And another new thing you created with the bleeders. So you had the FJ4 coming out. Um, so, you know, what were you using prior to Helix, uh, Bryant? Uh, I'm a little bit of a gear junkie. So yeah. before I was using mosh, Helix, mosh. I probably tried different things. <laughs> I learned one thing, though. I just, I, I, I wasn't impressed with a lot of the mechanicals I was using. Mm-hmm. Um, just various reasons. It's in, and it's just me. I'm picky. Yep. Uh, but the broadhead I really enjoyed shooting, um, was uh, wasp wasp made a, the dart, which was a four blade model, fixed blade, real compact, kind of reminded you of like, uh, uh, the muzzy, tro- I think it was muzzy tro- cars. Yep. So uh, it was a really cool little broadhead. They were great people. I mean, I met them when I was out at the Midwest whitetail summit several years ago. Um, and I've seen them at ATA. I think they're out of PA. They might be. I think, I think they, they are, are actually. Yeah. And, yep. and they're just, again, they're a family-run business. They're not part of the big conglomerate thing. And so, you know, I, I really like that head. That was a really good head. I did enjoy shooting that head. So um, I think, you know, before Helix, I would just say that that I, that I really did like shooting that Wasp dart. Yeah. So now the Helix kind of came about. And what's what's been your opinion? You killed a nice little turkey with it, uh, not this past year, but the year prior, I believe. Um What's what's been your consensus of what are people telling you, especially about this new bleeder? I know Blicey knocked some hammers down with them, and the guys from the Rise have, have been doing really good. And um, I still need to get my hands on some, just because, like you, I, I love I love testing new things and seeing what flies really good and all that type of stuff. And um, you know, it's kind of like a one stop shop. You you have the sharpener stuff on the website. So you know, what's been you know, I guess teach me about it a little bit more uh, about the Helix Broadhead. Yeah, man. So, and I'm still learning too, buddy. Yeah. I mean, this is still a new thing for us and, and honestly single bevel and, and just all the, the grains and the flight and it's different. It's a different thing. And I've learned a little bit every year. Um, and so sometimes I can feel a little ridiculous when I'm, you know, the VP of marketing and I'm trying to promote this thing and you know, you're just trying, I'm learning just like yeah. everybody else. So, right. um, as far as the, the original design that uh, Tim Strickland came out with, you know, many years ago was just, it was the Helix Broadhead. And we've named, since named that the FJ2, just trying to brand things into our own, our own style, what yep. we, how we see it. So, you know, the original two blade is the FJ2, great head, flies amazing. Um, you know, your single bevel, single bevels are known for their penetration and, and just that flight and how it can, you know, you're going to get two holes with a, with a, with a single bevel. The unfortunate thing with that, that we learned a lot real quick was you just were not getting the blood, uh, not getting great blood trails. You could get blood, you get a little bit of blood. In most cases, the animal would die, um, you know, within sight. So that was at least the good part of it right. is you weren't losing animals. But if you did have to get into a sticky situation where you had a track and you had to go through some thick stuff, it could get difficult. So the, we listened to a lot of people out there that were trying these or there was a demand for the bleeder. You know, let's make this a four blade. Can you at least do a bleeder? And that's exactly where we were going with it. Once we bought it, um, we got in, we started getting all the everything equipped for it and just started going. We started putting our nose to the grindstone on the, on the FJ4 and 
we had prototypes and we, we started with a very small bleeder blade there and it killed. Uh, but we just, again, we wanted to go a little bigger. We were trying to get as much, uh, as much cut out of it as we could. And so we ended up with, uh, overall the bleeders had an additional 15, 16 to cut and it's still super devastating, but I will say this about this head just from my own personal experience is that I believe the, the I believe the best setup with the, with the helix is going to be uh, a three three veins on your arrow. Um, so you have you have to pay a little more attention to how your arrow setup is. Mm-hmm. I think what I see best is three three veins on your arrow, uh, and you may have to do some tuning. You're going to have to learn how to broadhead tune a little bit. You can't just this isn't a this isn't a mechanical where you can just get it out and just start shooting and you're just hitting, you know, with your field points. Right. Uh, you may be able to do that with, if your setup is super dialed in. Uh, but yeah, I think there's, it's just a little more patience with this thing, but I'm telling you, once you get this thing dialed in, you're it's, it's a killer head. Yeah. It is, it is devastating. Um, just some of the deer I seen that got taken out last year with the FJ four. I mean, they, they, they go, they go even, they don't travel, you know, too further. Yeah. They're just, they're going down. I've seen massive blood trails, which was fantastic. We solved that issue. Um, but yeah. And the other thing that's really cool that I tell a lot of people about helix is it really does help you to become a more proficient archer. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it that. really does. Yeah. I mean, Makes it's, sense. it's teaching you if there's a little bit of a little bit of a, you know, you're, you're short in a certain part of your game with shooting archery. It's going to help you fix that. You're going to learn real quick, you know, Hey, you need to, you need to hold your grip a little bit different, or maybe you gotta, you gotta, you know, yoke tune or this or that, the other, it's a lot of different things that this thing teaches you. Yeah. I like that. You said too, about like, you know, be a little bit more specific, like don't just give up. Like if you have your dead red on like that four flat or three, like whatever it be like test around like that, this, like mm-hmm. now's the time, <laughs> like sure. now is the time to really tinker. Like I remember years ago, man, like I would have almost four different arrow setups as like same arrow, but you know, uh, I might have a different, uh, half out or a collar. And then I would run a three, three vein, I would almost have a whole dozen of of arrows set up a different way, so that way I could test the different broadheads, like you said. That mm-hmm. way, I mean, I would have uh, maybe a like you said, like a like a wasp, you know, fixed blade shoot really good, and then I would throw on say a iron will type broadhead, you know, and and it it would miss a little bit high. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. you say, like there's just tinkering, but then when I would throw that on, like you said earlier, a, uh, a three vein, that iron will was dead red. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the fletchings off. I'm like, Oh crap. I got, mm-hmm. don't shoot. Yeah. Shoot. But Cause I was shooting four yeah. fletch and, and I was shooting a 125. and man, I'll tell you right now, I thought I was on and, and I just wasn't, and something yeah. just wasn't working. I was, you know, and, and I was a little underspined. And so, I just switched up my arrow setup. I went to a three vein, you know, just an Easton 6.5, which I love. <laughs> I don't yep. know what it is about those old chunk arrows, yep. those Lincoln log arrows, but I, I love shooting those things. So three vein, um, and, and then I'm shooting the FJ4 100. Nice. Uh, I like the 125. I like that little bit more extra up front, but I got to tell you, I just, I like the flight pattern. I feel more consistent. I feel more confident with that, that 100. And, that hundred grain is still going to get the job Definitely. done. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no like a hot no, knife through no, butter. No doubt. I'm, I'm a, yeah. I'm a 100 grain guy. I, I, I yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, again, going through testing, like I'm going back to just the basics. Like, mm-hmm. li- like literally this year, I, I, I told Nate down at the shop when I was down there, just BSing with him. And I just said, man, I'm just going back to 
just the basics like kiss yeah. keep it simple stupid mm -hmm. and, and just go have like what we were just saying earlier just go have fun keeping it simple not really worrying about things i'm just gonna go have fun um and uh no and i will say this you, you'd have to scroll through for a while though people the one other thing that I really like is that it's in-house, man. I love the, like when you guys were moving in with the big machines, the big red machine or whatever, mm -hmm. like I, I saw, I remember seeing something red, but like when you have those big machines and you're moving in and it's again, the people making these bra heads, like, you know, who's doing it, you know, I don't know. I just think that's a, a cool, meaningful. And I know a lot of people are, are, you know, obviously I, I'm the same way USA made, you know, made here in America, all that type of stuff. So I don't know. It's just really cool to, to see that. And, uh, you know, you know, who's kind of handling it. Yeah, man, we got a couple guys back there that they take a super amount of pride in making the best broadhead that they absolutely can back out of that shop. And, yeah. and that's, what's really cool too, is this, is we, and overall just the whole building, the whole company, we just have pride in what we do, but yeah, those guys are back there. Uh, and one of the guys that we hired in, uh, so we got Arlen, uh, who's Jerry's son. He's running the machines. He's, he's got that dialed, man. Like that dude put his work in to figure awesome. out how to run those machines. And, and, you know, he knows what he's doing and it's just without a hiccup, he knows exactly what's happening. And then, uh, you know, we got another guy in there, Ryan Haney, who is doing, you know, just kind of, just kind of everything else he's packaging, he's sharpening, he's doing all these things. And when I have questions, it's super easy to just go back there and ask those guys, uh, you know, what, what this or what that. And if I feel like, Hey, I really need to get this thing like super sharp. Like I put it through the target a little bit and I'm like, I know that I, I'm probably not the best at it. I can go right back there and say, Hey Ryan, you want to touch this one up for yep. me? And like, he'll go through there a couple of times. He'll get that thing sharpened up. And then he does the little, you know, Hair the little test, test there. Yep. Oh my gosh. I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, those guys, those guys know exactly what they're doing and that's, what's awesome. And it, and it is, it's American made. Yep. We brought all that machinery in, uh, it pretty much everything we're doing there is just in house, which is, it's awesome. awesome from the, from the, from the materials to the packaging. It's, it's all, it's all done right here. Yeah. No, man, that's awesome. Definitely check those out. I mean, you know, just, uh, helixbroadheads.com for, for those and, you know, to kind of wrap things up, Ryan, what's your outlook, man, for this year? What, what do you think? Oh man, I got to tell you, I'm not going into it going like, Hey, I, I know this is going to be a great year. Yeah. I think for me, I'm going to be super reserved. I'm going to not stress so much about it. And like, Oh my gosh, I got to If I don't see a deer in like one or two sits, like, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. I would honestly say I'm going to be just cautious, but I, I don't have a super high level on the bar just because I know that a lot of deer were taken out last year. I think I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm well, just, just from the, 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 the neighboring Killing. properties yeah. the neighbors, you know, knocking some great deer down. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is just it's adapt through the season, which is going to be kind of cool. That. It's going to be a little different, but I, We'll see, man. I, I don't know. I wish I could have a better answer. I feel like I'm phoning that in, but no, it's good. I, I really think that it's just, I, I'm going to be tested in different aspects than I think I ever have that, you know, I ever have been before, but that's the fun of it. Yep. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try some different spots that, that I know have produced. And what's cool, we kind of go back real quick. So like the biggest deer I've ever shot, uh, was out of a certain stand, just an old rickety piece of shit ladder stand. <laughs> I mean, this thing sucks. It's literally yep. the, tr it's grown into the tree. Yep. I went out this last year. And I didn't touch the spot. I never touched this spot last year, but the first that I said, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this spot. I'm going up to the Indian village. I'm going to go sit in that tree stand. Yep. I sat in that tree stand. That was the morning I shot my deer. Yeah. 
it's just how it happens. You can overthink and you can try all these different it's things. Crazy. But if you got something that's like just foolproof and you got a spot that has always been hot, why leave it? Yep. So it's just pick your poison, find the right time, find the right wind, just, you know, or hell, even, even if it's that, even if nothing's right, just go oh. out and try that spot. Like you never know. Yep. That's the cool thing about hunting, man. Those yep. deer can, they, yeah, they're in a pattern. They're in their ways. But if you got something that you know has worked in the in the past, why go away from it? Hey, that's a great podcast episode. I did everything wrong and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You'll be on every I single podcast. I would be podcast. the guy. I would be the guy that that would happen. Like that's just how it goes. Like yeah. I, I mean, the more that I try, is almost the time I feel like I'm not. It's just I'm not doing good. Like, right. let's just stop trying like so damn hard. They're deer. And it might it might work. Yeah, yeah they're deer. Exactly. Man. They're deer. I love it, Brian. Dude, I appreciate you so much and. uh where could people find you, listen, follow along, all that jazz when it comes to America's best, best bowstrings and Helix Broadheads and and uh, what you got going? So, yeah, anything you want to check out about the uh, the company itself, you can go over to America's www.americasbestbowstrings.com. I hate saying www. Anymore. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. But you can check out americasbestbowstrings.com. Check out anything there. If you're looking for strings, we got the quick ship. We got the platinum black. Uh, there's a lot of options there. You can always give us a call if you have any questions at the shop. Uh, the phone number there would be 877-893-7155. You can find us on our social media if you want to be kept up to date on different things that are happening. Uh, that's just, you know, America's Best Bowstrings as far as Facebook and uh, Instagram is pretty much primarily what we run on social. Uh, if you want to follow along with anything that uh, my goofy rear end is doing, uh, you can check me out on Instagram primarily. Uh, Bryant underscore lion is where I'm at if you want to follow along. I'm a little bit reserved as far as my social media in most cases. And honestly, I will forewarn everybody here that I'm a super comic book nerd and most of my stuff is related to comic books. Uh, but then when we get into the fall, that's when it gets go time for the hunt stuff. Man, nothing wrong with some Batman Ninja Turtles and and, uh, and all the good stuff, man. Not, nothing wrong with that. I like it. Um, I have a hobby outside of it. It'll you, drive you nuts. You <laughs> absolutely do, man. I like it. Brian, thank you so much. Everybody go give Brian a follow and, and check out what America's Best Bowstrings and Helix is all about. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Antler up. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out over on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Go Wild accounts, as well as antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. See you then, and antler up.